This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch! Larry Legend does it again! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20, at the 10. Touchdown! Oh, baby! How's that fail? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. It is the one constant in the NFL. Change. Roster changes, coaching changes, and a change this week on today's show, gentlemen. As you can tell, the voice, a little bit, well, we're about questionable, but we persevere here on this Cardinals Red Sea Report with you every Tuesday, 11 a.m. throughout the season, but a lot to get into with respect to the NFL. Yes, we'll get into Championship Sunday. Yes, the other constant in the NFL is Tom Brady making it to the Super Bowl. More on that later. But, MJ, we do now have some coaching changes that we can officially talk about. It had been rumored, it had been reported, but now official, Sean Kugler, the Cardinals offensive line coach, has been added run game coordinator title. Cam Turner promoted to quarterbacks coach and a new name. Sean Jefferson is the new wide receivers coach. Yeah, you look at Sean Kugler. I mean, you know, over the past two seasons, the Cardinals, you know, um, you know, ran for, you know, you know, over 2000 yards and in 20 touchdowns in 22 touchdowns in 2020. And he's always had a voice, but I think he's going to have a bigger voice when it comes to the run game. And we know that James Saxon, the running backs coach, and Steve Heidner involved, and I assume Cliff will be the the, the passing game coordinator along with the play caller. So, um, you know, I think they wanted to keep everything in house, and we know that Kugler's got a, a big say. And you know, it's curious to see what that offensive line is, but I, I do think he's worthy of a promotion. And then Cam Turner, he's been working with uh, the quarterbacks, and now he gets another title. Uh, if you're not familiar with him, he's the guy that wears the green hat on game day. Yeah, he and Kyler Murray, constant communication on Sunday, and he's replacing Tom Clements, who has retired. Jefferson replaced David Rye, who reportedly is on his way to Vanderbilt to be the new offensive coordinator. B-Train, you look at what the coaching changes are, and right now it strictly is on the offensive end of the football. What do you make of what was announced yesterday? I think for Coach Kugler, I, I think it was well-deserved, the fact that the offensive line has been so impressive uh, under his tutelage and, and to put him in charge of the run game. I know the big fellas up front will be happy with that, and, and I know Coach Kugler will bring that balance to this offense. And, and let's keep in mind, this offense has been very good. It, it hasn't uh, been great. It hasn't been uh, all-world, but it's been very good. And I think having uh, – an O-line coach who can bring that type of uh, experience and, and that type of knowledge to a game plan and, and put him in charge of the run game. I think that that's, uh, that that's exactly what you do. And then when you start talking about quarterback coach and wide receiver coach, uh, you, you look at the, the, the quarterback uh, dealing with Tyler. I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to be as difficult of a job as many might think. I, I know for Tyler, he is, definitely made an ascension to one of the top quarterbacks in the league. And right now you just want to make sure that he continues to, to ascend and, and, and get better each and every year. And then receiver coach, again, 
when you have the opportunity to coach the type of players that the Cardinals have at those positions, uh, it makes your job that much easier, and they make you look so much better. So I think it was uh, uh, three great decisions, and I really believe that the Cardinals' offense would be better off for it. You know, it marked the sixth time in franchise history since 1984 where the Cardinals rushed for over 2,000 yards or more in 20 touchdowns in a single season. Now, they did finish seventh overall, averaging 139 yards. I do think they tailed off a little bit maybe in those last two games uh, when they were playing the Niners and the Rams. Um, And as for for Jefferson, I mean, a former player, um, his son's a, a rookie on the Rams van. And you look where he's been. I mean, he was with the Jets, so Robbie Anderson got paid last year. He went to Carolina. He spent time with the uh, Dolphins, uh, Lions, and Titans. And he was in Detroit, and he was credited with tutoring a guy like Calvin Johnson. So B-Train, and I think it was an important hire. They wanted a former player. He spent 13 years in the NFL. He played for the Chargers, Patriots, Falcons, and Lions. What's that mean when it comes to that wide receiver room? Well, anytime that you can bring experience to the table, it, it definitely gets the attention of the players that are in the locker room to, to have somebody in there that has been through it and done it. Uh, that, that holds a certain amount of weight, and that holds a certain amount of cachet. And I know for DeAndre Hopkins, I really believe that he's going to, to buy in because, quite frankly, he, he knows the name. The name is familiar to him. It, it's a name, a guy that's well-respected around the NFL, as you've named the different places that he's been. Uh, he's been a, a, a professional everywhere, and, and the fact that he was productive, uh, he definitely can give those receivers uh, a lot of uh, firsthand knowledge of, of what it's like to be out there on the field and, and for those guys that, that really want to continue to get better. And I know uh, D-Hop and, and Kirk and, 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 and all those guys are going to really try to, to – uh, better themselves, and, and what better way to do that than learn from a guy who, who played as long as Coach Jefferson did and, and be as productive as he was. 13 years, and he also appeared in a couple Super Bowls. Clearly, the Cardinals need more production from Andy Isabella, Christian Kirk, Keyshawn Johnson, and you got to hope that you know having a former player in there, the respect factor, and I think that's the key. Nothing against David Ryan, Jerry Sullivan, but I think this is what they wanted, a former player that can go in there and get the attention of these guys because it's a big year for guys like Andy Isabella and Keyshawn Johnson. It's the development, and then it's this stat that I looked up over the weekend. Cardinals received Receivers averaged 10.6 yards per catch. That ranked 25th in the league, tied with the Miami Dolphins. You need more out of this passing game, B-Train, whether it's the deep shots or just, as we've heard, the intermediate passing game needs to be a lot better. And that doesn't always fall on the wide receivers. Yes, it's the offensive line giving time for the quarterback and Kyler Murray finding the open receivers. But that number, that 10.6, that's got to improve. Yes, it's got to improve, and, and I really believe the tight end, uh, that will be the position that will really help out these wide receivers. If they can get Dan Arnold and, and uh, allow him to be a, a, a big factor in the middle of, that, of that, that field, it can open up so much on the outside for the, the receivers, for DeAndre Hopkins, for Christian Kirk, because now if, if you have one of those safeties that has to account for uh, Dan Arnold or whatever tight end that's in the game as, as a viable threat, then that that's that less few guys that you have to to lock in on your receivers and and take away those options that that obviously uh, you know the quarterback wants that Kyler Murray wants to go to. So I just see it as if if 
they can start to develop that tight end and, and really make that a focal point and, and, a, and a real key uh, weapon in this offense, then I really think you can see this, this passing game reach its full potential. MJ, you brought up about the candidates in-house. Sean Kugler getting a promotion, Cam Turner getting a promotion. So the message stays the same for another season. B-Train, when you're looking to develop that culture within the locker room, not having a lot of different voices, you want the message to be the same consistent throughout the offseason, training camp, regular season. What does that mean as far as players in the locker room? Well, it, it means that you don't have too many cooks in the kitchen. And I think when you start having too many voices it you don't know which one to follow and and then it all becomes a noise and it all becomes background noise and so you start to tune it out because you you're you're constantly hearing different messages and and each coach is bringing his own style and his own way of delivering the message and and if it's not the same thing that you've heard before then there there's going to be confusion and and that will manifest itself uh, most most uh, importantly on the field and that's the last place that you want discord to manifest itself. So you definitely want uh, coaches, one, that have strong personalities, guys that can command the room, guys that will get the attention of the veterans. And when the veterans buy in, then the younger guys have no choice but to buy in. And I think, uh, again, with a coach like, like Coach Jefferson, uh, a guy that has been there and done that, he's going he's gonna to get that respect right off the top because uh, players recognize other players. And the fact that uh, he played so long, that, that means that he was able to do a lot of things the right way, and, and that's what guys are looking for. So he definitely can add value to this receiving core, and, and they're going to pay a lot of attention to him. And, and with Coach Kugler, he already has the, the respect of that offensive line. And, and of course, uh, being a run game coordinator, he, he's going to play right into his guys' hands because you know the big fellas want to go forward. They don't want to have to uh, keep dropping backwards trying to hold on and, and defend those 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 big-time athletes like uh, yours truly some time ago. <laughs> For more on the importance of building culture, culture former Cardinals cornerback, or I should say safety, Rashad Johnson, a guest last week on the Big Red Rage, asked just about that. I think, you know, culture is the team. You know, that that's what makes that team be able to ascend to the top of the mountain. Different people have different ways of how they run their culture. You know, it's a culture of accountability, culture of discipline, a culture of team first. You know, and you see guys do that year in and year out. So culture is, is, is so huge, and the individuals you have within your culture is even bigger. You know, you, you look at last year, every year you're going to have some turnover. Some guys get promoted. The Cardinals felt like, you know, they let Chris Acoff go. He's at Syracuse now, um, high-energy guy, but they upgraded with Brinson Buckner. Nothing against David Rye and Jerry Sullivan, but I believe they're going to upgrade at the at the wide receiver position from the coaching staff. So you're always going to have some change, but the, the fact is that you know Vance Joseph and his staff hopefully will stay intact. We haven't heard anything on that side of the ball. You know Billy Davis was the best man in Urban Meyer's wedding, and I thought, oh man, they're going to call him. And obviously, you know Billy Davis is a really good linebackers coach here, so you're going to have turnover. But I definitely think they've upgraded on the D line and the wide receiver uh, coaching positions. Well, there's also going to be a change on special teams. Darius Swinton, assistant special teams coach for this past season, now the special teams coordinator for the Chargers under new head coach Brandon Staley. We'll see if Jeff Rogers decides to add anyone as an assistant for him in 2021. But going back to Sean Kugler, and I know there was a lot of talk about offensive coordinator. Kingsbury needs some help. He's not going to give up play calling. 
and Kugler does not have offensive coordinator to his title, MJ, but you talk about a bigger voice. What are you anticipating? Obviously, we're not going to know for certain until we get a chance to hear from the head coach. Well, I just think uh, they're going to try to lean on you know, running the football, and that's going to set up the play action, and that's going to set up you know Murray being that dual threat. Um, obviously, they cut the, the sacks in half. Now it's a matter of you know who are the starting five guys. We, I think Humphreys is is you know is coming off his best year. He's peaking. Um, what do they do at left guard? You know, Justin Pugh's got a high cap number. Obviously, he's a guy that's you know he's been healthy. Um, the center position, we'll see what happens with Mason Cole. And then right guard, is it going to be, you know, a guy like Justin Murray, who signed an extension last year? And then you got Marcus Gilbert, who opted out. He's under contract. And then what do you do with Josh Jones? I mean, he's a guy, is he ready to play? He got his feet wet last year. So I'm curious to see, and I always believe that Cougar will play the best five guys, regardless of where they're drafted, how much money they're making. And now it's just a matter of, you know, I, I, I know what he was trying to do because Sweezy's a free agent. Um, and I think that obviously the Cardinals want to get younger and more athletic at that position. But I wasn't a fan of mixing and matching. But again, Sweezy was wearing down a little bit. I thought Calvin Beecham, who's a free agent, he did a really good job. So I'm curious to see how that line's going to shake out. I'll throw out another name, Max Garcia, who we haven't seen a lot of. But he does have history with Sean Kugler. And he also due to become an unrestricted free agent. More on that topic coming up when we talk about the future of one Patrick Peterson. Bird Gang, update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The app features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. More coming up here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Freeman, wide right, Diggs split to the left, matched up on Pat P. Allen back to throw, looking for Diggs, instead steps up, throws deep middle, picked off, Peterson got that one. He's at his 40-yard line, running far side of the 45 and down there. Pat P. got Allen that time. I've done all I can to present, you know, that I, I would love to be here, but at the end of the day, you know, it's up to them. Uh, we just have to wait and see what the future brings after the season. I don't know if it's the number one question facing the Cardinals this offseason, but it is certainly up there. Maybe 1B. Maybe it is number one, and that is Patrick Peterson. What do the Cardinals do? Because right now, MJ, and you look at what this cornerback position looks like going into 2021. Patrick Peterson, Kevin Peterson, Drake Kirkpatrick, Jonathan Joseph, all due to become unrestricted free agents. That leaves Byron Murphy as the lone holdover from last season. Well, the good news is they don't play this Sunday, so they'll figure it out. They always bring a you know cornerback in. Um, you know, Patrick Peterson, obviously a free agent. So, you know, this is what I think, and I haven't talked to anybody. I'm just connecting the dots. I, I think at this point um, they do have the option with the tag, um, but you also have other free agents like – Hassan Reddick and you throw in Marcus Golden and we can go through the list but in the perfect world maybe they let him go out and see what he's worth now that doesn't mean he's going to come back here because you know he's going to go into the last year of his contract or one year deal but you know and Patrick's kind of made it clear over the last couple of months that you know with these teams going three and four wide um, he doesn't have the same foot speed to go man to man and when they, you look at those crossing routes and you look at those slants, I think he prefers to play in a zone-type defense, and that would be the Steelers. Now, are the Steelers going to win next year? I don't know about all that stuff. But in the perfect world, if he's willing to give the Cardinals a chance to, to match, just like you know, 
uh, Clayus Campbell and, and B Train was in, you know, uh, he was he was well aware of what was going on there with Clayus Campbell. He, you know, Tom Condon called back and they said, hey, we wish him luck. So I'll see. Well, we'll see how it plans out. Worst case scenario is you get a compensatory pick. But is he looking for a two or three year deal, or is he looking for somewhere to kind of re, re uh, resurrect his career, so to speak? Because he's not the same guy when it comes to covering. True, but B Train, you look at what the Cardinals have. He is right now the best at that position currently. So if you do let Peterson walk, you better have a plan B, C, D, E, and F. And right now, I just don't know what that plan might be. Yeah, I don't know what the plan is either, but I know with a Patrick Peterson, I know he gives you a chance to win, and he's been a very good cornerback for a very long time since he's been drafted here with the Arizona Cardinals. And to think that for years we talked about who was going to be the cornerback opposite him, and now we're at a point where there's talk where he may not actually be here anymore. I I, I don't want to think about a season without Patrick Peterson. He's, he's been that important to this organization, and, and he's been such a – consummate professional of course he's had his frustrations and uh, you have to think about where he is in his career and and he's gonna have to ask himself some serious questions what does he feel like the cardinals give him the best chance to win a super bowl because you want your legacy to to have that championship attached to it and and he's gonna have to decide does the cardinals give me the best chance to go pursue a super bowl going forward and if he feels that's the case then i don't think there's any question that he's going to want to come back and I think under the right circumstances, I allow the right price. I think the Cardinals would love to have Patrick Peterson back, but it's got to make sense for both sides. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and Patrick's maintained that he would like to be here. I mean, he's raising his family. As we know his wife's uh, you know, a doctor, and I'm sure there's other places for that kind of stuff. But I, he's, he's maintained that he would like to be here. Now it always comes down to fit and asking price. And as always, the latter, as far as what players look at, as far as what's the what's this number on that check that you're going to give me to sign and return if you're Patrick Peterson for another season, although Peterson has said he wants to play another three, four, maybe even five seasons. His former teammate, Rashad Johnson, again last week on the Big Red Rage, asked for his opinion on the perhaps the future of P2. It's all going to come down to, you know, the value that they see that, that Patrick still holds within the organization as a, as a, you know, a lockdown corner and, you know, the number and what they're looking at. Patrick, you know, has, has played, you know, well this season. Uh, we all saw some ups and downs through it all. Um, I think that, you know, he's a guy that is solid, though, man. I mean, he, he's been solid in his career here and just building younger guys up. Um, so I think it's just going to come down to can we find someone that we think you know, values out better than Patrick at this time, and can these numbers agree? Because I think, you know, they both value each other. It only takes one team, B-Train, but you're the perfect person to talk to about this. Once upon a time, you were a free agent. You chose to come to the Arizona Cardinals. Free agency is something a lot of players look forward to. For you, what was the determining factor as far as where you decided to call your career, the next step in your career? Well, the thing for me was I wanted to be somewhere where I was thought of as a leader. I wanted to have a defense kind of built around the skill sets that I possessed, and I felt like I could bring a lot to the table and, and learning a lot. And I'll also give you the perspective of a, a aging veteran back in 2008 where I decided to take a pay cut to stay with the Arizona Cardinals. And I felt like with the Cardinals it was a good enough team where we could make a run, and fortunate enough for me, things worked out, and, and we were able to make that run that, that very same year. And so – uh, with Pat P, I don't know if he's at that stage yet where he's got to uh, take a pay cut to stay with the Cardinals. I don't know where his his uh, his mind is as far as, as 
where he wants to to further his career and and uh, does does winning a championship override the 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 bottom line and, and making every single dollar that that's up to the individual and I don't think that there's a wrong answer but for uh, a a cornerback like Patrick at where he is in his career I really feel like he he wants to uh, look long term and 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 put himself in a position to to get that ring because really that's the only thing that's left off of his resume. He's got a Hall of Fame career already, and if he can add a Super Bowl ring to that impressive uh, resume, then I think that would be uh, one of those 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 big things that he can scratch off the list and he can say, hey, I've achieved just about everything that I can achieve, and 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 bringing a Lombardi home and 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 putting a ring on my finger that that is. Uh, the, the the final piece uh, in my career. Now I can I can ride off into the sunset whenever that is, knowing that I accomplished all of the goals that I set out for myself. Now, as for Byron Murphy, I mean, based on what he did last year, comparing to the first year, I would think that you still want him in the slot. And again, we know teams are going three and four wide. That slot receiver is very important with the crossing routes and the slants. You know, you, you look at it, and you know. Cardinals have the 16th overall pick in the draft. I mean, corner could be an option, but he's going to be a rookie, and it takes time. I mean, you know, these guys, uh, depending on what conference you play in, you know, different different talent. Obviously, the SEC, you got good corners and wide receivers. So, but I do think if uh, if Patrick Peterson's not on the roster, a corner's going to have to be a priority. And if you're not, if you're going to go into free agency, you're going to get a second tier guy. And that's Drake Kirkpatrick, and that's some of the other guys they brought in, Jonathan Joseph and stuff like that. So I think corner's a viable option in the early rounds if they don't retain Patrick Peterson. But, again, you're, you're talking about a team that wants to make the playoffs like next year. And I would say even if Peterson is back. That's true. about P2, I'd certainly make corner I think that's a priority fair. just given the number Now of, you're even better, though. Exactly. And then you can bring along that young guy a lot easier or a lot slower because yeah. you don't have to force feed them like the That's Cardinals did with Byron Murphy a year ago. Complicating matters this offseason is because the salary cap is going down and perhaps considerably lower than what teams usually face on a given season. That has to play a factor, something Patrick Peterson, when he last addressed the media, fully understood. It's going to be a difficult offseason uh, for upstairs management and it's going to be it's going to come down to guys making some tough decisions. So um, we'll have to see you know, how this offseason is going to play out. We know it's going to be different. you got a lot of key guys that's, that's going to be free agents, but you also got teams that's not going to be able to spend the money like they have previously. So it's going to be very, very interesting, and uh, we can't wait to see what happens. Looks like the floor could be 175, which is 11.7% down from a year ago. Now, there's reports out there it could go to 180. The Cardinals did carry over $5 million from this year's uh, previous year's cap. So, um, But I guarantee you, veterans are going to get squeezed here. And a guy like Hassan Reddick, is somebody going to offer him one year $8 million? Or do the Cardinals, you know, technically the Cardinals could put the tag on him and try to trade him. Now, again, I'm getting ahead of myself. They only have five draft picks. So it's going to be interesting. But I'm, I can guarantee you some veteran guys are going to get squeezed. And we know, b that's the difficult part about this because the top-tier guys, they're going to get paid. And then there's guys that are going to come in and, and take some jobs. And how do you maintain, hey, I, I feel I'm worth this, yet if I don't get this, then I might not be playing at all in 2021. This is the last year that the Cardinals will have the luxury of, of, of having Kyler Murray's contract what it is because once you get 
into that fourth season and, and he starts to, to really assert himself and, and, and be that guy where they can um, offer him another deal, then he, he's going to command a lot of that salary cap. And, and when it goes down, uh, you know, who knows what happens next year. Uh, it, th- there's going to be even more veteran squeeze. So I think this is the year that, that Steve Kime and company are really looking to, to make some moves to really make that push to get into the postseason. And, and if they're going to do that, then they're going to need veteran. They're going to need as many veteran players as possible to get that done. You don't want to go into this NFC climate the way that it is right now with the teams as strong as they are at the top with, with rookies playing a lot of key positions. So you, you want a lot of veterans on this team. And the only way that you can get veterans on this team is to cut the check. You got to be able to, to pay those guys. And, and uh, that, that there's going to be a lot of decisions made and we'll we'll know when we come out of free agency and and the draft uh, just where uh, the Cardinals want to be in 2021 as far as championship contention. Well, and you know, usually you prioritize your free agents. I mean, Chandler Jones going to the final year of his contract, you know, close to 20 million, 15 to base. Um, you know, the, based on the signing bonus coming off a tricep injury, which is not an ACL. You know, again, Clayus Campbell, 31 years old. They had to make a decision there. Uh, obviously, different players. One plays with his hand in the dirt, but they both can rush the quarterback. So, curious to see what they do with Chandler Jones moving forward. Peterson is one of 28 unrestricted free agents for the Arizona Cardinals. There are 32 total free agents here this upcoming offseason. Yes, it's going to be busy. And, yes, there are a lot of tough decisions that need to be made. We have hit halftime here on this Tuesday edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report. When we come back, Championship Sunday. That's straight ahead here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Brady under center. Snap, spin, a second. Zeroes on the clock. The Buccaneers have beaten the Packers. Tom Brady has beaten Aaron Rodgers. And Tom Brady will take the Buccaneers to the Super Bowl for the first time in 18 years. This is the 10th Super Bowl in Tom Brady's Hall of Fame career. And the final is in. Buccaneers 31, the Packers 26. Let that hang for just a moment. Kevin Harlan on Westwood 1. Tom Brady, B-Train, about to participate, starts his 10th Super Bowl. You, sir, played 12 seasons in the league. That just is amazing, let alone for the fact that it's a brand new conference, a brand new team facing a new offense and new teammates. He was literally the one huge addition to that Tampa Bay team offensively and defensively. Yet some things betraying never changed. Tom Brady playing in the final game once again. He's the winner. He's the best ever. There is no debate. Uh, now you put him in the same class with Jordan and Gretzky and, and Babe Ruth and those type of guys. He he has ascended himself to the very, very top of the sports echelon. And uh, there is no doubt now that, that he is the best quarterback. He's the best football player, in my opinion, because his, his resume speaks for itself. When you have as many NFC championships as Aaron Rodgers currently – uh, after one year being in the conference, that that's unheard of, and 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 that's preposterous. That's ridiculous. And for him to have started his tenth Super Bowl now, and and been in his fourteenth 
conference championship game, those numbers are, are numbers that I'm not sure will ever be matched. And, and he's done it by sheer grit. Uh, he's done it by being petty. And uh, he's tried to prove people wrong. He, he, he kept that chip on his shoulder from being that sixth pick, six-round pick and 199th player selected in his draft class. And, and he has parlayed that into a career that will be unmatched uh, that we've seen in football. And, and you have to give him all the credit in the world. Uh, he, he went to that team and, and a team that was 7-9 and, and nowhere near a Super Bowl last year and to – have turned it around that fast uh, is nothing short of remarkable. Brady has played in more conference championship games than 26 NFL franchises. Only the 49ers, Steelers, Cowboys, and Patriots have played in more. He's tied with the Packers and Raiders. That's remarkable. Now, if you want to dig a little bit deeper, though, the defense won that game for the Buccaneers. I mean, he had three interceptions, and the only they couldn't capitalize. We can get into what happened at the end, but give Todd Bowles and, you know, obviously, you know, Byron Leftwich and that staff, but I thought the defense carried that football team. You hear that, B-Train? Uh, yeah, it's one of those very familiar to me, defense wins championships. And when you've got a front four uh, that's led by Shaq Barrett and, and, and Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, it, it, it's, it's not a – it's not a – not a difficult formula. It's very easy. If you can get after the quarterback and, and you can stop the run, you're going to have a lot of success. And, and uh, the one thing that Todd Bowles has done, uh, he's, he's brought timely pressure, but he's allowed those, those, those playmakers up front to, to go and eat. And, and they ate a lot during that game against Aaron Rodgers and tune, I believe, five sacks and a ton of other knockdowns. And, and uh, to me, that's how you win championships. When you can get after the other team's quarterback and you can limit his ability to get the ball down the field, you're going to win a lot more games than that. Look, everyone is very complimentary of Tom Brady and he is well deserved. Yet, the three interceptions I think speaks to your point, MJ, that what the Packers did not do with those three takeaways. Only two field goals and that speaks to Todd Bowles and that defense making sure that there were not touchdowns scored against him. Yes, the offense is going to get a lot of the attention, but I think it was, as you said, the defense that ultimately secured Tampa Bay's spot. Well, you know, of those three turnovers, they only scored one, and in, 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 in the next two turnovers, they went three and out. Three and out. They had every opportunity. And then we can talk about what happened at the end, but – you know, people don't want to mention this, and and again, I respect Tom Brady. It's it's a it's a heck of a story. He's completing fifty five percent of his passes in the postseason. Now, I will give them a ton of credit. They had to go on the road for all three games, and that's not easy to do. I don't care about home field advantage. They they knew they were going to have to play the Packers at some point. They were able to take business in their division against the Saints. They beat a Washington football team. But 55%, that's going to have to be a lot better going against Patrick Mahomes, which we'll get into next week. He had the play of the game, I think, and that was no the touchdown throw to Scotty Miller, who ran past Kevin King at the end of the first half. But the second half, B-Train, three interceptions. And let's get into the fourth down decision. To kick a field goal, you're down eight, so you need a touchdown plus the two-point conversion. The decision on the Packers' part is to go for the field goal, pull it within five, you still need a touchdown, but the thinking is is now you're driving for the game-winning score as opposed to the game-tying score. But 
one, you're taking the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands, and you're putting it back in the hands of who you called the greatest quarterback to ever play the game in Tom Brady. And I'm sorry, that's just not a position that me personally I would like to be in. No, I didn't like the call at all, and, and I thought he, he, he played scared with that call, and, and, and scared money don't make any uh, in, in championship-type games. And, and, of course, Aaron Rodgers has been well-documented after the game. Uh, he, was, uh, he, he was puzzled by the decision. He didn't like it. And I don't think a lot of the players in that locker room really liked that decision, but uh, that's why they pay uh, Coach LaFleur to make those plays or make those calls is, is difficult. And I understand what he was talking, what he was thinking. You had four opportunities to stop the clock and mm-hmm. you, you felt like you, you could get a stop and, and, and get the ball back to your, to your MVP quarterback. But when you've got Tom Brady on the other side, you're, you're not getting that ball back. I don't care what you do. And, and Tom Brady has been there too many times. Like you said, 14 times championship games. He knows exactly how to close those type of games out. And uh, it was just not, uh, the best decision in that situation. But when you start thinking about Tom Brady, uh, yeah, he hasn't performed as great as you would have liked, but when you think about what he could pull off this year in his 21st season as a quarterback in the NFL in his 10th Super Bowl, if he's to win this one, he would have gone through Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes all on the way to a seventh Super Bowl title. Uh, I mean, just just stop it. That that That's just – Forget about it. It's over. He's the best ever. We don't even need to think about it anymore. Well said. And, you know, let's go back to that play before halftime. You know, there, there's what, was it six seconds, then they put eight seconds on there? Yeah, they added two more seconds. Two more seconds. And when I watch Scotty Miller run, why can't they be Andy Isabella? I'm serious. I mean, I know uh, Scotty Miller is a, ran a, what, a 4-3-9 at the 40. It could have been a 4-3-5, whatever. Um, but no risk it, no biscuit, right? And that's and, and he was really playing because Antonio Brown was out. He's a slot guy. We know they got weapons, but that that throw was that was on a dime, and, and you just wonder what kind of coverage they were playing back there. I just think at that point that the Packers were thinking, hey, it's a quick throw to the sideline, get out of bounds, get closer, get so field the field goal. goal is more within range. Dope. Yet you go for the home run, and you're playing on the road, and it, you know that's it's not a packed Lambeau Field, but there were still enough fans in attendance to where it did feel like there were the road team, and sometimes you got to take risks, and as you said, no risk it, no biscuit. What did you think about that call, B-Train? I hated it. I hated the call from the Packers' point of view because one, yes. you got to think who is who is in the game. You, 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 he hadn't played a lot during the course of that game. You know he's a speedster. They're not going to bring him on the field to run an out route. They're going to bring him on the field because he runs a four three, and he's going to try to run and sprint to the end zone. And if you're Tom Brady and, and you're Bruce Arians, who are known guys that, as we've said, no risk and no, you know they're chance takers. And in that situation, you you have. Two guys that are going to take chances, and you have a speedster on the outside. What do you think they're going to do? They're not going to play it safe. That's not how they've gotten their made their names in the NFL. So I, I hated the call to 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 not uh, be in prevent, and and it ultimately cost them seven points. And and ultimately, that's one of the defining plays in the game that 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 gave the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the opportunity to oh by the way be the first team in league history to host the Super Bowl at their home stadium. Hear that Tom passionate. Brady needed another thing to 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 to, to add to his resume. Excuse me, you hear that passion right there when he was talking about defense? Of course. No, he's right. I mean, got to play smarter than that. Yeah, I mean, these guys spend eighty hours in, in the office every week, okay? And all of a sudden, when it gets like you know gut time, it's like 
Did you guys forget how to play football? 31-26, the Buccaneers advance. They will take on the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 55 coming up on February 7th. When we come back, we'll discuss the Chiefs win over the Mike Jarecki Buffalo Bills. And the Chiefs, all they do, all they just continue to win and win and win. Should be a fun Super Bowl matchup. We'll get into that matchup more next week. But coming up next, how the Chiefs defeated the Bills. That's coming up next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Third down, Mahomes takes a knee, and that is it. The Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl. The road to repeat for Kansas City will run through Tampa. The matchup is set for Super Bowl 55. It's the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. Kansas City is trying to run it back. And they get it done in the AFC Championship game as they knock off the Bills 38-24. to The voice of Ian Eagle on Westwood One. The Chiefs now will try to do something that no team has done since the 2003-2004 Patriots, led, of course, by Tom Brady, and that is when back to back Super Bowls. The Chiefs looking every bit as the dominant force in the AFC. B train, you get spotted nine points, or all of a sudden you're down at nine, and then in the blink of an eye, it's 21 9 in favor of Kansas City. And some questions on the Bills side of things as far as decision making when it comes to going for field goals as opposed to going for touchdowns. And it's just me, B train, but uh, I like seven more than I like three. Yeah, I always love seven more than I like three. And I think for the Kansas City Chiefs, they, they, they don't play the game the way that a lot of coaches want to teach the game. They, they can turn it on and off whenever they want to turn it on. And you think about the fact that the Buffalo Bills scored the first nine points and the last nine points, and it still was a laugher. It still was not close. And that just lets you know that Kansas City, whenever they want to turn it on and when they have Patrick Mahomes at the quarterback position, they have every chance <laughs> to win that game. And, and when you have some of the players that they have at his disposal and, and the play calling of, a, of uh, Andy Reid and, and Eric Bieniemy, uh, it, it, it's just not fair. They're just a faster, better team than most of the teams that we see in the NFL currently. And uh, I, I look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're going to have their hands full because the last time we saw this matchup earlier in the season, uh, <laughs> Tyreek Hill uh, had a career day. And I'm not sure if – you can do anything about that because unless those guys have taken a few uh, tenths of a second off of their 40s, uh, they, they still run the same speed that they did in that, that previous matchup, but so does Tyreek Hill. And, and when you have Kelsey and all those other guys, it's just really, really tough to defend all that speed all over the field. Well, in, in you know, Sean McDermott addressed the media today, and he talked about, you know, that they're at fourth and two at the Kansas City two-yard line and they end up kicking a field goal. That was right before the half. And then they're down there again, and he kicks another field goal, and he said, well, you needed morale. No, when you play the Chiefs, you got to score touchdowns. You can't, you know, we're going to keep this game close, and I'm not saying they were doing that, but just based on fourth and two at the Kansas City two, and you're kicking a 20-yard field goal when you got Josh Allen? 
In that case, you have to know who your opponent is yeah, and what they're good at, and that's marching downfield and scoring within a matter of minutes. So you have to, in that instant, affect your play call and your decision. Hey, we can't afford three here. We need the full seven. B-Train's right. They scored nine points. The Chiefs scored 21 points in the second quarter. You know you're playing catch-up. And that was the first time that I thought Josh Allen felt the pressure. You could just see in his face. And, you know, give the Chiefs credit, uh, obviously, Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And, again, nobody talks about their defense. Uh, their secondary is really making plays, and then you got that front seven. So it's just amazing that you get to that point in the year and, and you get tight, and you know, you got to play to win. Mahomes, 325 passing yards, three touchdowns. Two went to Travis Kelsey, who finished with 118 receiving yards. Tyreek Hill, 172 receiving yards. But B-Train, I'll point to this stat. Josh Allen sacked four times. The Bills offense, 5 of 14 on third down. It's just unfair. It it, it really is. It's, It's just unfair because you can play as well as you want. And it still is not going to be enough most of the time. And, again, the Kansas City Chiefs just had more better players than most teams. And the Buffalo Bills were riding high. They had a lot of momentum. And, and Josh Allen and, 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 and Coach McDermott had done a lot to get them to that position. And you tip your hat to them on a great season. But it just wasn't enough. And, and no matter what you do, they're going to find those, they're going to find those, those chinks in the armor and they're going to exploit them. And un- until you can match up with them speed for speed, uh, whether it's first, second, third down, it really doesn't matter whether it, it's uh, third and long, second and long, whatever it is, they have the personnel to overcome any situation. It's almost like the perfect personnel for the scheme that they're trying to run. B-Train, when you look at the the AFC and the Chiefs now, and if they went back-to-back, I mean – you're looking at you know possibly a dynasty. I know they got to do it, and it's obviously a big game coming up. But you know I, I like the young quarterbacks in the AFC, 26 and younger. Um, you know you look at Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, and maybe they're in that equation. But do you see them running off? And I'm not saying win four Super Bowls in a row, but what does the next 10 years look like for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Well, the thing that's going to derail the Chiefs, if there is something they can, is going to be the contract of Patrick Mahomes. And when you start talking about salary cap and, and being able to retain those players, those guys are, are going to all of a sudden demand more money as well. And so the business side always catches up to the, the, the competitive side. Uh, when you start talking about uh, dynasties and teams that are super talented with, with lots of talent and, and yeah, they, they figured out a way to, to make it somewhat cap-friendly, the, the record contract that Patrick Mahomes received. But eventually, a lot of those young players and, and those guys that are, are key players, they're, they're going to want to get compensated for their efforts and their part in making this dynasty what it is. And uh, they may see greener pastures elsewhere, and, and <clears throat> this is a business first. So you, you have to wonder, will guys be willing to make sacrifices for – the sake of, of, of running it back, if you will. And, and that's always a very tough question. And, and some guys are, are not willing to do it. And they feel like, hey, we've gotten the championships now. Uh, we're we're, we're going we're to keep doing the thing. But then you also look at health. When you play that yes. many games, that many seasons, uh, that many seasons in a row, then you start to see health play an issue. And I look at this game uh, for Super Bowl Sunday – the two offensive tackles for the Kansas City Chiefs won't be on the field. So that's something to really look at, especially with the defensive ends that 
Tampa Bay throw out there to try to get after Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Left tackle Eric Fisher lost to a Achilles injury. Right tackle Mitchell Swartz is out with a back injury. So, I mean, the bookends, MJ, on that offensive line, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is very mobile, yet to B-Train's point, the edge rushers of Tampa Bay, and you know Ty Bowles is going to scheme it up to take advantage of two inexperienced tackles. Yeah, I mean, I keep hearing how do you how do you slow down Patrick Mahomes, and obviously we'll get into it more next week. But you know, Todd's rushing four, and then he's bringing pressure, and then you know you got to give uh, Devin White. I mean, that number forty-five, he's been a difference maker, and he was fifth overall in the draft. And you know, you, you look at some of the different positions you want to get better in the trenches. But what Bulls has in Sue, JPP, and Barrett. I mean, those guys can win one-on-one matchups. So you wonder, in in the, in the Chiefs secondary, they're one of the best when it comes to coverage. So maybe they're gonna have to dink and dunk. Obviously, you know Leonard Fournette's had a nice little role for the for the Buccaneers there, but uh, it's gonna be a great matchup. I'm looking forward to it. Be the fifth time that Brady and Mahomes meets. The series is all even at two two. Much more on that matchup coming up next week. Speaking of next week, we'll dive into not only Super Bowl 55, but also recap a virtual Pro Bowl coming up this Sunday. Kyler Murray going to be involved in that January 31st. The Pro Bowl goes virtual. Details coming up in one week's time. Special thanks to those behind the scenes. Senior Broadcast Manager, Producer Jim Amahundro, Technical Director Cody Fincher. Many thanks to Mike Jarecki and Bertram Berry for carrying me here over this past hour. I'm Craig Riolu. Until next week, have yourselves a wonderful week. Stay healthy. Stay safe. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone. Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown. Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.